You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, welcome back to the Bulldog Hour, everyone. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Rathoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here again. Um, you know, we're getting into the rhythm of things now, but it, it'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of see as we get going. You know, it, um, it was a good night for football on Friday night. It, it reminded me a lot of what football should feel like in terms of weather and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It was a lot of fun on Friday. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm not really sure uh, you could ask for a much better outcome. Like you mentioned, weather-wise, it kind of felt like fall. It was a little overcast entering the game as the sun went down. Um, but you know, we didn't have any rain. It wasn't super windy. It was cool, but not cold. And Oh, and Wilson won by 35. I remembered my jacket this week, too, so that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they won. Yeah, yeah so they that, won. that's all positives. Now, I mean, Wilson's not a stranger to winning by mercy rule it's just unusual for it to happen against the opponent that we played yes that that is very rare man i'm central is very similar to to wilson they're a level below the bulldogs uh in terms of you know the enrollment the classifications but program wise i mean uh, honestly they're probably a step above when you look at everything they've got yeah. the state title they've made the state title game multiple times they have more district titles uh you know manheim central is an incredible incredible program yeah and uh you know it's not often that you can compare someone with wilson or even say hey they got a couple notches that we don't and they got to come to gursky this season after uh kind of sneaking past us last year i know a lot of people are upset about that but well, things went right for Wilson this year. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, went differently this year, and I'm all for that. <laughs> that was, it was a lot more fun this Friday than, than a year or so ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a lot of fun. It didn't necessarily feel like that the entire game. No, but, no. But, you know, once some of the uh, maybe the, the nerves got shaken off. Once or, they got uh, going. Yeah, it just it took you know a quarter and a half for things to start rolling, and I know the coaching staff doesn't want to hear that. They want you on your no. A game from the first kick. Right, and we've mentioned that before because it was also one of the things that Coach Thomas brought up in his preseason interview was fast starts. We need to not, start and fast. avoiding the slow starts. Yeah, and I wouldn't say we necessarily avoided the slow start. We didn't have a horrible start, but um, kind of second week in a row where. We spun the wheels a little bit, maybe coming out of the gate. Yeah. So um, we didn't crash coming out of the gate, you know, which is good. <laughs> but we, you know, um, I'm sure that's something they're looking at and and kind of looking to uh, improve upon because again, it was a great game, but you know, there's definitely areas where we can where we can still improve, and that's some of the things we'll talk about. But it, overall, like you said, it was a great night and a great outcome, and we'll take it. Wilson is 4-0 for the first time since not that long ago, 2014. But it just feels fun. Like, you yeah. know, it, it was – it was. I was just thinking about this. I was like, are we having the most fun we've had since 2014? I was like, no, I don't think I would go that far because obviously there were fun moments the last two years, but we always felt like 
like what else is going to go wrong? You know, they've been dealing with injuries for the last two years. And I mean, really, at the beginning of this year, people thought, oh, here we go again when Matt Fry went out early. Uh, luckily, the team showed that they didn't necessarily need him to get through the non-league slate. Right. But I was just trying to think, when was the last time, you know, the feeling around Wilson football was was this fun? And I would probably say back in uh, probably like mid-2016 after the non-league slate, you know, um, you know, Bulldogs went three and one, I believe, or actually it would have been, I guess, two and one because the the league would have been oriented differently right. at the time. But then Wilson, you know, plowed through the uh, the LL League again, continued the streak, won the district title that year. I, mean, I feel like that's probably the last time that th- people were feeling really good in uh, West Lawn. Yeah, I don't think there's any real denying that, and some of it wasn't necessarily up front, but you know, as the as the seasons went on, you know, it just had a different feel for some of. Uh, the last couple seasons, um, and that's just kind of the way it goes, you know. And and we talk about some of that is just, you know, the emergence of other teams. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, for that, sure. That, that definitely plays a huge role in that. So it, it's not an isolated, you know, cause or anything like that. But yeah, when you look at the team, it is. It's just been a lot of fun so far this year, and hopefully they can uh, keep working hard and keep it going because. We enjoy it. <laughs> no, absolutely. absolutely. I'm sure they do, too. It's, a, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil our interviews from later, but, you know, we talked about now that it's over, did we think this team was going to go 4-0 in the non-league slate, knowing, you know, what was ahead of them? And I think most people would say probably not. No. I, 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 you and I said not worse than 2-2, two two, hope for 3-1, and four and zero would be incredible. Right. And guess what? And here we sit four and zero. Pretty incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, hats off to the team. And you know, when I sat down with these kids before the season, they said that they play as a group. There's a lot of seniors and playing important roles, and they're you know they peppered in there a few important uh, juniors. And you know, I actually would be interested to see with the way things are now what it would look like to uh, play Central Dolphin again. Yeah, it would because, be interesting. You know, I, you I, never know. That that may occur in a couple months. Right. But, it's something that um, could happen. I And I'm I'm not a fan of rematches no, but, know, during the season, but I'm just interested to see where we're at. What because, that would look like if both teams weren't in their first game. Well, and they like, were, I think they were our best measuring stick so far. Because I we, we, I mean, Mifflin, sorry, they couldn't even stay on the field with us. That, no. that was not a game. No. Springford had its moments. But eventually we pulled ahead. Same thing with Man I'm Central. There were, you know, parts of the yeah. first, you know, twenty minutes or so and we were wondering, hey, you know, what's going on here? And then the strength of the teams came out, but it was a grind against Central Dolphin and I, I'd be interested to see, you know, right. how that would go now. But we've got a full review coming of the win over Man I'm Central, plus a preview of the LL League section one opener coming this Friday in Millersville against Penn Manor. But before we do that, we are going to take care of some of our housekeeping stuff, and that is just to first thank our sponsors, those that help us here kind of keep the lights on and keep our costs down. May's Sandwich Shop, my dad Bill, very helpful for the you know five seasons that we've been doing the show now. Uh, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, New sponsor this season. We appreciate their contributions. And, of course, our two anonymous donors. You know, I can't say too much about them because they don't want me to, but we appreciate their 
support of the show. And if you would like to support the show, there are a variety of ways you can do so. Sponsorship and advertising, the in-kind donations, visiting the website. BulldogHour.com is a great reference, not for just for the show, but for announcements and stats and history surrounding the program. And then Mr. Raffoff's favorite, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. Right? We, we were starting to get like more and more feedback, you know, on uh, just from people as we go through, but that, and that's great, you know, and, uh, you know, spreading the word. If you like what you see, um, that's, that's awesome too, because then it's just more people find out about it. Um, the more we're able to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I do want to say to the people that say stuff to us on Friday nights during the game, before the game, uh, you know, after the game in parking lot, we, I think we like it. I, I think I yeah, thoroughly cool. enjoy standing there or walking with Justin and someone be like yelling, hey, Bulldog Hour, or hey, we love the show. So if you watch the show and you enjoy it, you know, let us know because we love to hear it. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. And, uh, yeah, we, we love, uh, we love uh, doing it. So just uh, let us know if you like it too. Our next live show will be in a week, September 22nd. Same time, same place, live as usual, and we'll recap the game against Penn Manor. All right, so here's Justin's favorite slide of the evening, yeah. our schedule. It's crazy. We're, we're moving to halfway we're, through We're that, approaching that halfway. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's, there's seven slots there, so when we preview a week from now, we'll basically be halfway through all the stuff I had put up for the 2019 season. Wow. Uh, next week is essentially the halfway point for all of it. Which makes sense because we will be talking about uh, recapping the fifth game and previewing the sixth game. So we're yeah, right, crazy. We're right like, on that mark. Yeah, when you look at the regular season schedule, this game coming up is the halfway mark. You know, of the regular season, that's that's insane. Yeah. So I want to start um, hyping this up again. A lot more information is coming soon about these events that we've been talking about for the better part of probably eight months or so. Remember, we're uh, celebrating the 75th season of Wilson football, and we're having a uh, celebration on Friday, October 11th during the game versus Warwick at Gursky. That is the Tradition Club event honoring past title teams, five of them, 1969, 1979, 1989, 1999, and 2009. We'll have members, players, coaches from those teams back, and we'll recognize them at halftime, and then we'll continue the celebration the next day, Saturday evening, October 12th, will be the alumni flag football game and then a fo- football personnel, uh, football alumni evening reception at PJ's will follow that. So a lot of good stuff coming up and very soon, hopefully, maybe even tomorrow, tickets will go on sale for both events. So you can buy your tickets. It'll, they'll be available online and uh, in person. You can purchase them at May's Sandwich Shop. So be on the lookout for that all coming really soon and uh things are really coming together for the flag football game i've got a a lot of balls in the air right now trying to juggle a lot to get that organized but it's going to be a lot of fun again that's 6 p.m on saturday october 12th and i'll you'll have teams and you know and finalize the players and all that stuff i know i'll announce that on the show really really soon so uh one last thing here before we dive into the recap uh, did get a, a an email sent to us from your dad. Oh, yeah. And he just was pointing out, and I saw this earlier, and I forgot to write it down in my notes, so I appreciate uh, your dad sending it along, just saying the, the uh, state rankings were updated, at least one of them. And Wilson finally makes an appearance in the top 10. 
Uh, you and I were talking about WEEU's Bob McCool before before uh, the show started tonight. Well, he's someone that Friday night tweeted out that anyone that doesn't have Wilson in the top 10 and 6A is basically crazy. And here they are, Max Preps, excellent 25. Their uh, rankings in Pennsylvania 6A now slot Wilson West Lawn at number 7, just behind Coatesville, but in front of Mannheim Township. Yeah, and I mean, these these rankings are are really tough, I think, for high school a lot because, um, one, the schedules are so different for different teams, but two, like, it's virtually impossible to see each of these teams each week. You know, right. like, it, it, you can't, you know, it, that's hard enough at the college level, let alone at the high school level. But as the season goes on, it, it sort, sort of irons itself out there. Um, you know, talk about, talking about the schedules, you just look, Sancho's prep is number one. As, as they probably should be, but they yeah. are. Yeah, even they're, though they're one, they're and, two, one and two, their right. losses are to national powerhouse teams that are obviously more talented than them. And when they're generally the best team in the state, you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt because you expect that they'll be a Final Four team, you know, come the end of November when we iron all that out. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I do appreciate the reminder. I know um, Dave Long also posted on the Tradition Club earlier today. So, yep, starting to get recognized. Wilson is, is up there. I'm, I'm always checking the High School Football America National Top 100. Always interested to see if Wilson can crack that list. Uh, I haven't done so yet this year. But, you know, the likes of Harrisburg and Coatesville and St. Joe's and Pine Richland. So there's a teams that Wilson could and very well may face in the coming months and hey Wilson keeps winning they're going to make an appearance there right. if if Wilson I would say come the Warwick game you know if 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 Wilson has three more wins under their belt leading into the Warwick game Wilson could be in that honorable mention area as a top 100 team in the state having beat you know Township who's creeping up to that as well right. um, especially if Warwick would be coming in undefeated and should the Bulldogs win there now you're starting talking about you're up there in the uh, Pennsylvania rankings, which is going to get you pretty high in the national rankings. You know, the crack that top 100 though is is difficult. It's yeah. nice to see Harrisburg, Coatesville, well, Pine Ridge, and St. Joe's. And we we talked a little bit about the four games that we've won. You know th- that helps, but when you look at it, um, you know Central Dolphin is. I assume they won on Friday. I, I don't even know they that. Did. They did. They beat Cumberland Valley. Okay. So, oh, well, that's a big game, actually. That so, was a huge game. Yeah. You know, they're two and two, and but they've you look, you know, talk again about another non-league slate. They play us and Manheim oh, Township, yeah. and you know now they're into league play, and they play Cumberland Valley, and that you know that conference is just crazy up in the mid pen. Um, but you look right now. In the LL Section 1, right. Wilson, undefeated. Mm-hmm. Township, undefeated. Warwick, undefeated. And Cedarcrest, undefeated. You know, it's – and I think Mike Drago mentioned it in the paper. I don't know that it was printed in the paper. Um, I know he was talking this week about some of the things are only in uh, – on the online version. Um, but he did, like, kind of like his wraparound kind yeah. of coverage and – uh, one of that's one of the things he talked about was just the crowded section one and how like section one play for some teams started this past week and so like it'll iron itself out shortly, but um, for over the next you know month and a half it's really going to kind of come into focus uh, obviously and uh, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But right now those teams and 
they all have some quality wins, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes um, as, as we go through. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Wilson beats Mannheim Central this past Friday, just a few days ago, 49 to 14, moves to 4-0, but let's talk about that game a little bit more in depth as well. We've got a lot to cover here. So let's dive into some of the statistics from the Bulldogs win over the Barons. Uh, Wilson dropped the Barons to two and two. It's the first time since, did they say 2016 that Van Central lost two in a row? Right. It's the most points they've given up in, since, in a long time. Since, since 2007. Since, right. To Elizabethtown. Yep. Yeah. And the first time, they, they were actually mercy ruled a few years ago, I think in the district championship game against one of those powerhouse Bishop McDevitt teams. Correct. Um, but yeah, it uh, it doesn't happen that often to Mannheim Central. And you know what? Like watching them, while while it was a bad matchup for Mannheim Central on Friday night, I, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that Mannheim Central Kokalco um, game could be a really exciting game to watch. Like just uh, see how they can match up. Um, but. You know, someone, some other people mentioned to me, and this probably will play out in the stats, but um, you just kept hearing the same, the same two names kind of over and over again. Right. Uh, you, you heard Evan Simon and uh, I, I think it was Colby, uh, Colby Wagner, yeah, Ben Colby, Wagner, right, uh, right. and uh, Jake Harbach, I believe. Like yeah, those are the, so. those are the four that they mentioned. But yeah, it was always it was either Simon or Wagner, um, and then the lineman made some noise. It was usually Colk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, holdovers from last year. We heard those names last year, right? But it's the ones that aren't there this right. year. And that as they as they get problem. experience and as they go through, and their coach even alluded to it after the game. All right, we we kind of had this huge non conference or non league schedule, and now we get back into our section two play, and we need to kind of regroup because they still have a lot of things ahead of them, you know. And I think Mannheim Central could definitely be one of those teams that could be better by the end of the season for pushing themselves and playing some of those harder teams early on. You know, so it's hard to see that now when they're sitting at two and two. Yeah. But if they're sitting there at eight and two or seven and three in a few weeks, they, yeah. I mean, you know, Waco Calico's been playing. I feel like it's going to be tough for Mannheim Central to stop them. You know, Noah Palm is incredible, and you know our buddy Andy Herr. He pegged Kukalco to be that yeah. section champ. I think a lot of people questioned him on it, and he looks like a genius right now. Yeah. Now wait until they play each other. You know, right. we'll see. Which I believe is in two weeks. It is, it is the same, same night, night that is... we welcome Mannheim Township yeah, to so Gursky. Talk about huge games in section one and section two that night. That's also the weekend the next day. Central Dolphin plays Harrisburg. So, so some yeah. big district three games huge across the board. Huge games. Huge games. So Barons, Bulldogs, stats, even in first downs, 14 to 14. However, rushing. Manheim Central held to just 57 yards on 34 rushes, just, you know, just what, 1.6 yards per carry or something like that. Not a lot of room. Wilson, 30 rushes for 314 yards, averaging over 10 yards per carry. That'll get it That's done. That's crazy. Uh, Wilson, you know, only had 98 passing yards from Caleb, but he made them count, and they didn't need him to throw that often. Yeah, and he was 9 of 11. And he was 9 of 11, which he, is the bigger he thing. He completed the same number of passes as Evan Simon. Yep. And he attempted 14 fewer passes. Yeah, so he was 9 of 11 for 98 yards. Simon and the MC quarterbacks were 9 of 25 for 157 yards. Uh, Wilson, 
averaged 10 yards of play throughout, 41 plays for 412 yards. Manheim Central ran 18 more plays but had 200 less yardage. Uh, so, yeah, Bulldogs defense getting the job done. And really, you know, Wilson gave up two touchdowns, and one of them was a, a big play, which we'll see when we get to the highlights. But the other one was as a result of a special teams gaffe. Nice. They were given a short field. and they, Which was it, early on. And it early, kind of, yep. Kind well, of it gave, tied the game, know, 7-7. Right, and it gave, made me flash back to last year yeah, right away because right. we had – now it was on a punt, not a punt return last year, but um, the play I was thinking of. But yeah. Yeah, they were able to kind of regroup and, and get it together. And actually, Mason, well, uh, corrected that, for that. That was yeah, that was kind of the first significant special teams miscue this year because we saw and we saw great special teams again Friday night. We had a block punt, which ended up being a touchdown just a couple plays later. You mentioned Mason uh, returned a kickoff, ninety some yards for a touchdown. So, you know, one, one, one little miscue, which I'm sure they'll address and figure out. Right. But special teams have been special for Wilson this year. And uh, that was the case for most of the game Friday night. Third down conversions, fourth down conversions, not, not a lot of standouts there. 5 of 14 for Manheim Central, 3 of 7 for Wilson. Both teams were 0 for 1 on fourth down. Uh, Wilson did capitalize all three times they made it into the red zone. And probably the biggest thing is the defense had seven sacks of MC quarterbacks losing 46 yards. And the big contributor there were Avante Lockhart and Ethan Capitano. Uh, Avante had three and Ethan had at least two, maybe even two and a half. So uh, great game all around. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about the indiv- individual statistics. Uh, let's talk about the D1 quarterback on the other side of the field. He was 9 of 25 for 157 yards and the touchdown, but was sacked, like I said, seven times. And Evan Simon just – he didn't – after the first quarter, quarter and a half, he didn't have a lot of time to make proper reads and, and make his progressions because he was had people in his face at all times. It was right. another great game plan by Ernie Wolber and the defensive coaching staff, everyone that contributed to that of – Number of rushers to send, who to drop, how to confuse both the line, the receivers, and the quarterback. And, you know, they brought the heat when they needed to, and most of the time it worked in their favor. Seven sacks show up in the stat book, but not too many people will pay attention to the hurries and the knockdowns, which happened basically, especially from mid-second quarter through the through the end of the third, every other play. Right. All right, on the Wilson side of things, we mentioned Caleb had another – very efficient, very successful night throwing the ball. Justin said he only had uh, two miscues, 9 of 11, 98 yards, and the touchdown. Uh, or the two touchdowns, excuse me. And uh, he had 98 yards on the ground, 89 passing. I had them flip-flop there. Uh, so it's 98 uh, so, total passing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, there's Nick. Yeah, we concluded yes. that. So Caleb was 7 of 9 for 89 yeah, yards so. and two touchdowns. Rushing, he was... 10 for 98 yards and a touchdown. He had another huge rushing touchdown. Avanti had 11 rushes for 92 yards and two scores. And then we saw Troy Corson get a carry on a jet sweep, which he turned into a 55-yard touchdown. Avanti also had with some crazy great blocks. blocking by Avanti on that play. Uh, and then we got to see a few of the other guys, Mason Leonard and Jaden Jones, each carried three times. And then um, Nick Williams chipped in a few at the end as well. Troy Corson also doing damage. At his receiver position, catching four balls for 68 yards and a touchdown there as well. And, uh, you know, defensively, individual tackle-wise, 
it was Avanti, six and a half total tackles, three of them for loss, which were the three sacks. Uh, A.J. Futrick chipped in four, had a half tackle for loss. And uh, Anthony Coper, he had four as well with a half tackle for loss. And the big one was that fourth and two stop, the stick of Evan Simon, that uh, actually kind of started the Wilson offense going downhill. Like, that was the beginning. They had just scored. Manheim Central started the drive a little bit, aided by some penalties. Swung momentum right back. Yeah, as soon as Coper shut the door on that fourth and two, uh, Wilson scored. If it wasn't the next play, it was in the next few. That might have been actually when Caleb was that. I can't remember. Know. We'll it see it in the highlights. It, it was either the Caleb run or maybe the, the the beautiful pass to Troy. There's a touchdown right after uh, that that fourth down stop, and uh, yeah, it was just another another solid evening for the defense. And I mentioned Ethan Capitano. He, he did have two and a half sacks on the evening. So, well, let's. Stop talking without something fun to watch. So let's pull up the highlights here for everyone to see and uh, just recap the game in a visual fashion, if I can get it to be pulled up properly. There we go. Always fun to have uh, yeah. have the technology work properly. So, like, one of the things, and like you said, we'll, we'll see some of these on the highlights, but I thought it was impressive how – you know they were able to get things going in the second quarter, but then at half they didn't come out in the second half and kind of sit back. They stayed on the attack and because w- they were receiving the ball, and it's like, look, we can go send a message kind of quick here, right? And they were able to do that um, instead of kind of sitting back and letting a team hang around. You, you certainly don't want that to happen. So uh, this is early on. This is this Troy's is Troy's touchdown. jet sweep. And yeah. If you watch Avanti get out there and just he, he levels a guy. Then, Troy makes a guy miss, and, and then, then Avanti stays with looking, him, right. speeds up, and walks right in front of yep, the defender um, to allow Troy to waltz into the end zone. So that put Wilson up 7 nothing. Um, now we're going to see Caleb, masterful with his footwork, uh, gets caught here, though, trying to make uh, something happen near the yep. end and fumbles the ball, turning it over to the Barons. Um but they would not do anything on that drive, I believe. But then the punt that is forced at the end of that drive is what happens here near the end. Uh, Mason's unable to get it because of the bouncing ball, but one of the uh, the blockers follows his guy and, and bumps into it, giving the ball to the Barons deep inside the Wilson territory. I think it was on like the 13. Yeah. Evan Simon calls his own number. He slips through a few tackles, evens the score at 7-7. Seven to seven. And this is the point that we were talking about. Oh, man. You know, we don't want this to be like last year. Well, the ensuing kickoff. No, oh, good. Are we going to do this again? It's like every, it week, happens every week. Every week at like the minute right mark. In, yeah. So well, let's let's get that to unfreeze because it's a very fun highlight. Anytime yeah. you can see a return touchdown, um, always good. So we're, we're gonna we're gonna reload that. See if uh, if it works, and we'll we'll jump right back to the the kickoff return after Man I'm Central even even the score. Uh, and we're going to pull that up. Let's see if we can get yeah, that here going. We go. Here we go. All right, so here it is. So after the bounce, Mason Leonard's going to pick it up, find a seam, and he's gone. Like all he has yeah. to do is one little little move to make the kicker miss, and no one's catching him. He's down the sideline to put Wilson back up on top, and they would not relinquish that lead. They're at 14-7 at this point, but – this is when you're going to see the defense start to dial it up. Uh, pressure, I mean, a, a hold, which wasn't called. But then Capitano eventually gets to Evan Simon. 
And then on this series, you're going to see a perfectly executed punt block by Adrian Santana. And eventually, the ball would be corralled at the half-yard line, yes, I that believe. was ruled a Wilson recovery at the half-yard line. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they are calling Mannheim Central touched it at okay, the half-yard okay. line, that, and, and that's that could why. Be, that could be. Which, I mean, really worked in our favor because now we get to score a touchdown, which Avanti did right. just no, two exactly, plays later. Exactly. That's, um, you know, that was actually beneficial for right. us that we got the ball there. So now it's 21-7, to 7 and you're going to see, again, you're going to see pass rushers get things done. Uh, you know, an end linebacker, the the, uh, the move-in from Colorado, Ashcroft, uh, gets the sack there, and we're going to see it happen. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is the uh, the, the de- yeah. one of their, uh, their con- good pass plays that they connect on. Uh, so I mean, Simon has his moments when he has time and the oh, receivers yeah. run their right, and he's a very talented player, and you're going to see it right here. A little coverage mishap leads to a guy wide open. Simon waits, sees him, connects on the ball, and this is where they get their touchdown. So now they cut it to 21-14, and again, you're just like, oh, man, we can't pull away. We can't pull away. Well, Wilson's going to answer right back, and it's going to be with their quarterback, and he sets up the next play. It's a a beautiful pass. It kind of reminds me last year of the one that um, Gilmore caught from Futrix. Yes. Uh, now, this one was much longer, and it was for a touchdown, but Wilson needed this needed to complete a pass against Manheim Township last year, and Future kicked Gilmore for a huge one to pick up a first. Uh, it was a beautiful thrown ball uh, last year and this year by Caleb to Troy. And again, more sacks for the Wilson defense. And let's throw in another here. Oh, no, this is the Coper the stick. There stop. it is. Yeah. Fourth down stop. And uh, that was huge. 28 to 14. Look, look at that. Look at that hole, oh, man. And he just tucked in and yep. goes. And, and he's off to the races. No one's catching him. Yep, no holds, no flags. Wilson's now up 35 to 14. That's where we would go at halftime. It's just like 20 seconds left before the half there. And then to open the third quarter, the beginning of the second half, they were like, hey, let's give it to our running back who is deceptively quick, but also incredibly strong. And he just makes people miss. He wanted this one badly, but I think it gets tracked down by Evan yeah. Simon. And that's just one highlight ends like that. The camera guys are leave a lot <laughs> to be desired at Wilson. So, well, at least the booth guy does. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Just a couple plays later then Avanti does get in for his second touchdown of the night. And that was his drive. It's good. They allowed him to capitalize on that, but. Again, the Wilson defense was flying around, making plays at all times. They had the offensive line for the Barons confused all night long. Who was coming? Who wasn't? Where's the pressure fighting from? And here again, Ethan Capitano is unblocked and just takes down Evan Simon. Yeah, that's not the way they wanted to do that. No, (laughs) no. So Wilson, uh, Wilson offense would drive down the field again, and Caleb would find Nate Hoekstra in the end zone. Get the score to go to 42, no, 49. Avanti was 42. So it's 49 to 14, and the Bulldogs still pressuring the Manai Central quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not not much else to say. We've got a nice run here near the end of the game with the backups and JVs from Jaden Jones, who, um, you know, looks like a future star for Wilson and uh, has really taken hold of that, uh, you know, that – at, at worst, third position, and maybe even at times, you know, kind of a two B. Him and him and Mason right in there, and uh, yeah, yeah. T- t- go Avanti, Mason, and Jaden. That's uh, 
That's yeah. a pretty good trio of running backs. It's nice. We've seen it a few times late late in games, but even plays here and there. Um, but you see Jaden come in and, and just do really well, which is nice because uh, while Mason has had some of those uh, huge plays in some of the games, um, Mason is going, you know, he is Both playing ways. on offense and he is yeah. playing a lot on defense. So to have another back that you can put in there, um, th- that's huge. Absolutely. So that was the Wilson victory over uh, Mannheim Central. And uh, Wilson hadn't beaten Mannheim Central for a long time. Now we had played them for eight or nine years or whatever right. it was. But, you know, after the loss last year, goes back to, I guess, I well, want to say 2011. So I saw something like, it's the worst we've beaten them since like 1951. I think like, it was. It's a little yeah. misleading. Um, no, it's not misleading at all. <laughs> no, not at all. No, we've only played 11 times, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and actually. I think uh, I think uh, I have uh, some information I'm on sure. uh, on said uh, said victory or whatever you want to call it here. Let's see if I can pull this up real quickly because it is a season that I have finished. So let's see. Yep, there. All right, there we go. What's that right there? What's that say? Fifty-one to seven, and you have the article. I have the article yeah, from. September 1951, September 16th, so nearly, almost exactly, what, 68 years ago from yeah. right now. So, well, actually, the game would have been played on the 15th. This would have, so literally 68 years ago today. And according to the article, this this Bulldog victory surpasses that president's victory uh, that, that's from right 1951. yes because in 1951 it was the wilson presidents or, or the prexies before, before my dad was born right like significantly before my dad was born and we got uh two guys here mentioned uh bill mann and bob mitzel who were on the 1950 championship team which we, which the tradition club honored a few years ago and both yeah. of those gentlemen were present at that and uh, and at least bob will be at the uh, alumni flag football event as an honorary uh, captain so yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting names there, and there is a uh, proof of that. Uh, nineteen fifty one demolishment. Is that a word? Sure. Okay, it is a word now. And you, if you have a chance, go to the website and read this article. It is. Uh, well, it is quite quite the read. I, I actually said to Mike Drago when when we sat down over the summer in July. I would like to see him write an article on Wilson the way. Things were written in the <laughs> 40s and 50s. Uh, you have to say, you know, like the visiting 11. Oh, you have yeah. to refer to people as gritters. Um, you have to. I'm not going to read some of those. You can go and read there's it. There's no, like PC doesn't exist. Uh, and I don't mean that really in a, like, if, no. if it's something that could be misconstrued, it's go. It's a go. Just go to the website. Just go to the website and read some. I mean, I've read a lot of them because I've done uh, every game that I can find. You know, 45, the info is sparse for now, but 46 through 51 is done and is up there for all the ones I could find. And, uh, yeah, just the way things were written back then, man, it's fun. And I was just like, hey, Mike, yeah. you got to throw one of those in there, at yeah. least some of the some of the terms. Like, yeah. you can call us Don't Ritters. Know. Don't close that out. We'll come back to that we'll after, come, after the show. We'll, we'll take a look at that <laughs> later. So, yeah, but good times, good times. So, we open league play now this week. Yeah, hard to believe. 
finally, week five, yeah. a lot of other teams have, have at least one, if not two, league games done for a variety of other areas of the state. But Lancaster led New League Section 1, uh, for Wilson at least, kicks off this week. I, yeah, I think there's some, some teams played. Well, like Warwick and Hempfield played this week. Right. Um, uh, Township played Penn Manor. Depending on when they're It cro- depends when the crossover When they're mandated crossovers right. yeah. are. So yeah. Wilson uh, it takes theirs at the beginning, or like basically the transition from complete non-league to quasi non-league to right. to league. So here we are getting ready to play the Penn Manor Comets. We haven't been to Millersville since 2016. Yeah, they were off the schedule. Just or like the, we were I'm sorry. at Township 3. Right. Like, well, including the playoffs, three games in a row. Right. Um, uh, I, I they mean, had to play us. Yeah, Penn Manor was, I was about to say off the schedule. That's not right. I'm, Cedar Crest is the one that got bumped yeah. off the schedule for a, for a two-year cycle. But the way, yeah, the way it's set up. So 2016, we went to Penn Manor. 2017, we hosted Penn Manor. And that ended that cycle. But then when 2018 came around, we hosted them again. Yeah. So now we get to go to them in 2019. So it's been three years since we've journeyed to Millersville, which I think most people will probably be okay with because it can be a parking nightmare. Yeah, there. in my opinion, it's my it's my least favorite of the drives. Um, the Central Dolphin is not a fun drive either. Yeah, that's not a great But it, it's only like at the end that it's a terrible drive. You know, like that one, it's, it's like the last five – miles or so you know what i mean like the turnpike is what it is but and that's the way we go you know some people go across 78 and stuff like that this one's no fun at all i don't i do not like this drive we've talked about that a lot yeah and (laughs) and uh penn manor high school is like completely under construction which should make things more interesting that tidbit yeah so so, uh, and oh i mentioned andy her earlier yeah so um, he's going to be there. Yeah. So excited. He's covering the Wilson Penn Manor game. Excited to see him after the game. He's a great follow. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Andy Brackets. Uh, he covers a variety of LL or District 3 teams for Eastern PA football. Yeah. So Penn Manor, what do they have? They weren't very strong last year. I believe they were 1-9 and nine with their only win coming over McCaskey. So far this year, they are one and three. They won the season opener at Conestoga Valley, nineteen to thirteen, before falling at Lampeter Strasburg, thirty-five to nothing. At home against Dallastown, close twenty-three to twenty, and then this past week they went to Mannheim to play Township and got absolutely blitzed, sixty-five to seven. Yeah. So, yeah. So make whatever you wait. Make out of that whatever you would like to. But the team is close to the same that they had last year because they started a lot of softs and juniors last year. So most of them are back this year. So they have uh, some returning starters. I believe it's seven on both sides of the ball. They do not have their quarterback back, but uh, some of their standouts expected to be this year. uh, Josh Gibson at running back and defensive back uh, and, and Nick Baker as well. So like I said, Tough last year, tough few years since uh, Todd Mealy left that program. What was it after the 2014 season? I think it was. I think so. Yeah, I think this is um, John Brubaker fifth year. I think I think he was there starting in 2015, if I recall. Okay. I'm not sure if it says it on this site or not. Uh, but 
they yeah they, they've struggled since uh, since Todd Mealy uh, resigned and moved on uh, to do other stuff in his personal life before resurface resurfacing uh, at a couple stops and now uh, head coach at Lancaster Catholic. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's been it's been a rough go for the Comets, which is interesting because well when 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 I played they were not good. And right. then I moved back to the area, and all they of a sudden really they were a good. team on the rise. And then they were the main challenger yeah. for Wilson for a couple seasons. Uh, I think 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. they were a team that that it was. Uh, they were the ones circled, and actually, I think two out of three years we played them twice, including yeah, the, playoffs. In the playoffs. So, yeah. so we had played them a lot. Uh, always came out on top, though. And uh, then we kind of transitioned to uh, Township, and that's where we're at now. Yes, Township being the big. Uh, Lancaster Lebanon League opponent for us. But uh, I do have some highlights of Penn Manor games of late, so we can kind of check out what we're getting from Penn Manor here as we uh, talk about the game that is coming up this Friday. All right, so this is their game recap from two weeks ago against Dallastown. Remember, this was a close loss for the Comets 23 to 20 just a couple highlights from that game but you know this I mean we, we, we can't sugarcoat it too much this should not be a close game this will probably be the least talented team that Wilson has played this season I mean score wise you would say right now that's probably Mifflin and that's not just, you know, rivals taking a shot at one another. If you look at the four teams Wilson has played, probably the the weakest were the Mustangs. But based on results so far this season, I would say that Penn Manor probably is, is right there. This should not be a close game. And hopefully the players go into it knowing that they need to get in, start fast, take care of business, and get second teamers, uh, JV personnel, meaningful time and get focus for uh the event that's going to happen in two weeks yeah and and like you said i I mean you looking at it you you can draw all kinds of conclusions before we you know just from the information that's available right but when we look at it that doesn't change a lot in terms of you need to go and handle your business because if you don't then it ends up being something it shouldn't, you know, and I, I don't know what that outcome would necessarily be, but, um, if you're not ready to go, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation that you shouldn't be in and you're on the road, you need to go and handle your business. You know, you need to go and be prepared. And so we, we just mentioned, you know, while yes, there were lots of great things about the Manheim central win. Um, no one would call that game a perfect game from no. Wilson by any stretch. And, and I know we yeah, kind of I mean, talk about that each week, but it's just like there's plenty of things we should work on, and I want not just me. This isn't about like my eyes oh, and viewing of the game. It's all about you, Justin. I know that <laughs> lots of things are, but this isn't necessarily. But you know, it's it's one of those where when when you look at this, um, it's just go and and improve on the things that we need to improve on. You know. Um, that that's what I want to see. Yeah. The, the things that we're we're trying to work on, the things we want to do, go out and and handle your business. And you know, Wilson has history on its side as well. And I mentioned 
Penn Manor generally has not been a strong team most of the time. Wilson has played them safer. A few shots, you know, six, seven years ago, you know, there were three or four quality Comet teams that were a threat to the Bulldogs. That has not been the case historically. And actually, overall, no matter the team that they threw out there, Wilson has never lost to Penn Manor. Right. Ever. I, I, and unfortunately, I don't have the most recent stats book. I was supposed to pick it up Friday night. It has that really cool cover that Coach Downs put together. Yeah. I know Paul Roberts already has his copy. And it has, like, helmets through the years, which yeah. goes perfectly with what I've been doing on BulldogHour.com. And uh, I want to say right now Wilson holds a record of 26-0 and 0 yeah, I, against I Penn Manor. But Wilson has never lost to the Comets. And it sh- they shouldn't this week. Right. No, it shouldn't really happen. Shouldn't. Yeah, you never know what will happen, but it shouldn't happen. It would it it would be a a huge but huge you, upset. You can't look ahead. No, and that that's exactly there is that, there is that huge game in, right in two you weeks. Can't get caught looking ahead to what's happening that, on right. what what is it the twenty seventh. Right. You if have to you take care that, of business on the twentieth. If you want that to still be a huge game, you need to go out and handle your business this week. You know, um. <laughs> right. You're going to take the meaning out of it if you lose a game that you shouldn't. Like Maryland. Right, right. So, yeah, as Penn State fans, you know, we're happy to escape the game against Pitt with a never win. Never a doubt, man. Never a doubt. <laughs> Even though it wasn't the butt kicking like last year that we wanted to happen again this year. Looking at Maryland, who's playing another team that Penn State fans don't like in Temple. Right. And Temple beats them. Takes Mar- it to Syracuse last week. I mean, destroyed yeah, Syracuse last week. Maryland yeah. destroyed Syracuse. But didn't handle their business this week. Yeah, and they probably got caught looking ahead to, you know, two weeks, essentially, because right. that game's But their next game, the same they both weekend, have buys yeah. this week. So you can't get caught up. And it happens all the time. Right. You know, it obviously happens a lot in high school, but it happens in college. Right. Um, not so. as much in the pros, but there's a lot more parity there to begin with. But, yeah. Yeah, you so can't get caught look looking ahead. ahead. The, the coaches say it and the players say it all the time. Lip service of one week at a time. You know, every team's really strong. Every team's really good. And while that's not true, it has to be true to you every week. Like, you yeah. have to go into it buying into that philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. If and you don't, you're going to have a setback. And that's one of the things that the kids and and the coaches have told us, you know, a lot over the years. But especially, we've heard that a lot this year. And so far, they've backed that up. And um, you know, that's something they need to follow through with. And I believe they will this week. They they need to be ready to go, but I, I'm I'm confident they will. Right. Um we, we, we skipped past um part of our stuff from the Mannheim Central game. So before we close out the show, I we're gonna quickly go back and revisit Mannheim Central. We've got a uh, couple things here. One is player of the game, which, which is going to be our first repeat winner of the year, and that is Avante Lockhart. Back-to-back wins for him, our player of the game versus Mannheim Central. 92 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and he had those three sacks in a monster game. And the the best part about that not, isn't even necessarily on the stat sheet. It's seeing him play hard and give 100%, even if he's not the focal point on offense. Right. Or if he's not the first contact on defense, he is yeah. always flying to the ball, or like we saw in the highlights, helping block downfield, yeah. flying for that block, and then not just being like, "Oh man, I crushed a guy. I'm good." Like if he doesn't beat him, it's his fault. No, he ran downfield and didn't get a penalty by only catching him. You know, didn't get a penalty by pushing him in the back. 
he took the few extra yards to actually get in front of the guy and make sure that our that Troy wasn't going to be caught um, and and score that touchdown. So that was awesome. Yeah. So congratulations to Avanti, our player of the game, two weeks in a row now. And of course, we forgot to play the interviews. We, we talked to guys <laughs> after the game, after the win. Uh, they're real quick. You know, we don't like to keep the guys long. We know that they want to go see their friends and family after a big victory. So we did talk to. Uh, Anthony Coper and AJ Futrick, a little little defense talk, and then we wrap that up with a, an interview with uh, defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber, and we'll have more to say about uh, his coaching journey uh, a little bit after uh, the interview. So enjoy these interviews. We'll play them back to back, and then we'll wrap it up uh, and and get out of here. So here is our interview with our defensive players, Anthony Coper and AJ Futrick. Guys, what does it feel to be undefeated after that brutal non-league schedule? Feels great. We came out last year. We didn't do too well in the non-league. We went two and two. We haven't done too well in the past few years, so it just feels great to come out four and zero heading into the league. Feels great. We're just taking it game by game now. We got big teams coming up, and I think we uh, we should be able to handle them. Uh, what was the biggest key on defense tonight? Uh, did you key on Simon? Was it shutting down the running game? What were you guys thinking heading into the game tonight? Uh, we had the key on Simon. He had about 50 rushing attempts coming into the game. He was a large part of their offense. So me as a middle linebacker especially, I would shadow him a little bit, follow him around because we had to make sure he didn't get off and running because he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, yeah, same thing. Simon, he likes to throw a lot of quick routes, so we had uh, we slowed that down a lot, and we were the linebackers had to drop into the flats better. All right, you got a, a couple uh, key stops, some third down, fourth downs, none bigger than yours at midfield. What did you see as Simon was coming up to the line getting ready to snap? Were you sent on a blitz or did you just read it? Uh, I read it, but I knew it was fourth and short. They like to run with their quarterback a lot. I saw him take the snap, start going towards the line, so I came up and made the tackle. All right, so gr another great defensive effort. Uh, just 14 points scored, and they were put in a tough t situation earlier in the game. Uh, complete destruction of Manheim Central, which does not happen often, and these two guys were a big reason why. So, gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Good luck next week at Penn Manor. Thank you. Thank you. All right, post-game after the win over Manheim Central with Wilson defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber and coach Another uh, great defensive game from your defense. Uh, what, what, what was your goal coming into the week? Was it stop the running game, force in the pass? Was it key on Simon? What, what were you telling your guys uh, coming into the preparation? We felt as if running game, we could handle the running game for the most part um, with some different defenses. But obviously, Simon's, you know, he's a great quarterback and he's a tough kid. Um, and our job was basically to try to shut him down or control. We can't really shut him down, but try to control him. I'm um, trying to get heat, try to get him off his spots, you know, and straight drop back, try to get him off where he wants to set up and throw. They can throw off the wrong foot, things like that. So that was our goal. And, you know, I think we did it pretty well tonight. Uh, a brutal non-league stretch is over. You come out unscathed, perfect 4-0. Now that we're done with it, going into the season, what did you think your chances were of getting through there undefeated? Uh, slim and none. I really thought we could have at least one loss. Um, the kids played so hard. The kids bought in. The kids are going hard. They're practicing hard. They're learning our schemes. And um, I, I, honestly, I'm stunned before now at this point. I really thought we'd come out three and one, two and two at best. Four and zero for the first time since 2014. That was a pretty good season. So we'd like to, to see that uh, momentum continue. Enter league play now. Penn Manor this week. What can we expect to see from the comments offensively? 
Um, yeah, I put a couple hours in on them already. Um, they run a multiple there. They run some, um, they usually have one back in the backfield, very little empty. Sometimes put two backs in the backfield, a little bit option game, um, quick throws. They like to run out, so they like to run bubbles, um, get their get their athletes on the perimeter. So, you know, hopefully we can hold up on the outside. So far through the first four weeks, defense has played incredible. What um, one or two guys have really stepped up and have had an incredible, you know, first half of the season, first third of the season? Um, I look at Coper, Anthony Coper, our middle linebacker, well, inside linebacker. Um, you know, last year he just he wasn't as fast as he needed to be, and he worked really hard in the offseason to get better, and you see it. It's all really making really making it work for him. He's worked with Daryl Daniels, a speed guy, and you can really see the difference in him. Um, another guy um, up front is um, John Ventura. We call him Ace. Ray Ventura, obviously, and um, he struggled. I mean, he played for us last year, but he struggled defensively. He didn't totally understand, didn't have confidence in himself. Now he's playing both ways, and it just—he's playing with a bunch of confidence, and he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, those two are in particular, but everybody's playing well right now. We're getting better week to week, which is nice to see. And this is without Matt Fry, one of your starting DBs. Haven't seen him yet this year. Is he coming back soon? I hope. You hope so. It makes my job a little easier. <laughs> All right, last question here. In the first half, we saw your coordinator counterpart, Jeremy Palm, show us his quarterback skills and launch one of MC balls all the way across the field. Okay. What can we see from you to show us some of your former playing glory? I'll hit somebody pretty hard. You'll hit someone pretty I'll hit hard? I'll pretty hard. Right. I don't need a helmet. You don't, know, you don't have to tell it who it is. We can just no. kind of Terry Tate office linebacker, you know, maybe exactly. we can get that on film. And I can, like I said, I've got one or two left in me. Okay. After that, not anymore. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Coach, and uh, good luck next week at Penn Manor, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much, Joey. Have All fun. Right. Thanks. All right. So those are our post-Manheim Central game interviews. You know, we like to do that after victories, and we've been busy the first four weeks. Yeah, I hope we get to do lots yeah. more interviews. Yeah, well, when we, uh, you know, not always the smoothest thing because uh, sometimes I have no idea what to ask or what to say, and uh, the stat guys are always really good and bring that down, and I'm like, I have no idea how to frame these questions this quickly, and the guys are standing there uh, waiting, but it's always a lot of fun. We try to mix it up. We're trying to hit, you know, different people each week, but we want to hear from some of the key contributors, so uh, we'll rotate through and hopefully... Uh, Hit a few more different guys uh, this Friday night at Penn Manor. Uh, big note on the uh, you know stats front, on the milestones front. We mentioned it at the beginning of the year that there's a couple big ones coming up coaching-wise. Coach Doms now sits at 149 wins as head coach at Wilson. And he is two wins away from tying John Gursky's program record. Three away from breaking it. He... Uh, you know, we expect to see him get three more this year to become the all-time winningest head coach in Wilson history, and that'll happen when he gets to 152, uh, which very well could happen in the next month. Yeah. So uh, it's exciting to know that that's on the horizon with the success of the season so far. And uh, the man we just talked to, Ernie Wolber, sitting at 199 victories as a Wilson football assistant coach. So the next Bulldog W is number 200 for Wilson's current defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, uh, Last thing here before we head out, um, had comment on the Facebook live stream from Thomas Brendel uh, reminding us that Wilson's victory over Manheim Central ties the program in all-time wins. Both have 564. He does say that it took Manheim Central three fewer years to get there. Uh, but Wilson wasn't exactly the powerhouse that we've been since, you know, for the last 50-plus years. The first 
2025 at times were rough. You know, we appreciate all the contributions from the coaches and players from those teams, but we always make note that once big John Gursky got here, came down from the Minersville program, he really revolutionized uh, football at Wilson, and things have been going pretty well for the Bulldogs since then. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those, when you talk about the programs, you know, growing up in Lancaster County in the 90s, um, Mannheim Central was, was the program. You know, like they, it, it was front page of the paper. Well, a few years ago when we broke the streak for section wins um, and extended and extended. But like, I re- remember when Mannheim Central lost um, and that streak ended, it was front page of the paper, not the not sports, sports section. section. It was front page of the paper and it said, Hades froze over. Right? <laughs> it was the headline. Yeah. Wow. Like, it, Mannheim Central football is is like you know one of those elite programs and yeah. um yeah i think it says a lot of both programs the longevity you know it's not just years here and there but no it's generations wins it's is a lot decades yeah, yeah so. it's in, it's incredible so the last thing that that thomas says in the chat is that he has a program from the 1950 game in his collection uh, he tried to send the cover i don't see the picture posted however but i do have that game recap on bulldoghour.com under 1951 and at the time i believe this is correct manheim central was manheim borough yeah uh, there was manheim township and manheim borough manheim borough becomes manheim central i believe i have that that correct and we actually saw it flip-flop here because in 1951 the paper refers to them as manheim central and here in 1950 the paper refers to them as Manheim Borough, and they squeak past Wilson thirty-three to twenty-seven. Uh, but I think I think this was uh, this was in West Lawn, I believe. And I think I actually have sent this one to you before because if you see, I left something in there yeah, I, I for your that. your our, Thank you. our friend and your former roommate, um, the Browns winning winning something yeah. for a change. Um, but it was over the Eagles, so you know, thanks, thanks bring for it all together for you. I left that in there for all to see. But yeah, back in 1950, September 17th, 1950, so just about 69 years ago, Manheim Borough 33, Wilson 27, and apparently Thomas has the program from that game, and I would absolutely love to see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're gonna hunt uh, that. Down. I, I actually, I I have held ones from the 50s uh, through Bob Mitzel uh, when I when I. Uh, did my documentation and promotion of the 2015 season. I did the 100-day countdown. A lot of stuff from some of the uh, 40s and 50s I got from Bob Mitzel. So I have seen some of those 1950s-era programs, and they're they're fun. Just like the uh, the write-ups are fun, the, seeing the artwork and, and the way things yeah. were back then, the way things were presented is pretty cool. So if you're into that thing, definitely check out bulldoghour.com, and I will continue to update that as I can over the next few years to have an entire collection for every single season. But I think that pretty much wraps it up. I don't think we have anything else to discuss. Any closing thoughts? No, just like we mentioned, um, you know, make, make sure you're ready this week and get the job done, and, and then we can move on to the next week. Don't, don't overlook. Don't look ahead because uh, then – Nothing good can come from that. So I'm confident they'll be ready to go. The coaches will have them ready to go, and they can go out and handle business next week. Yeah, we know the coaches will be focused and ready to go. It's keeping the boys focused as well, and you just can't get overconfident 
at this point, it, you have to go week by week. Now that you went through the gauntlet at the beginning and you are undefeated, you want to keep that going over these next six weeks. And then if you do that, you're in prime position to continue it through the district playoffs as you now have the opportunity to host three more games. Right, right. Uh, so. First you know, first time that the uh, number one seed, should they continue to win, would host the district championship at their home field. Yeah. So it would be, a, would be quite incredible to be able to do that this season but we don't want to talk about that yet we're focused on Penn manor and the comets this friday in millersville we hope to see you there uh for justin raffoff and the wilson football program i'm joe mays and remember go, go bulldogs. bulldogs thanks for listening to this week's episode of the bulldog hour want more wilson football follow the show on facebook twitter and instagram subscribe to the podcast on itunes and soundcloud or visit www.bulldoghour.com The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.